Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon. This is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to the Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed number nine of 42 best podcasts for every sales professional in 2021. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, recommended by LinkedIn as one of 15 innovative sales influencers to follow in 2021. In this episode of Scale Your Sales podcast, my guest talks about powering the energy transition through brilliant customer experiences. We talk about how energy companies need to work hand in hand with consumers to stop climate change. And the company she now works with is doing that. We also talked about uh, recruitment in sales and how that environment has changed. I loved what she had to say about customer centricity and customer experience and putting the customer first. You're going to love this conversation. My next guest has 16 years leadership experience from building and growing commercial teams through hyper growth in B2B sales, SaaS and fintech across Nordic Europe, North American countries. She is a fierce feminist and ambassador of women in sales and technology. Iranian born, she grew up in Sweden and now lives in London with husband and two daughters. Welcome to Scale Yourself podcast, Sarah Brooks. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, Janice. It's it's great to have you on on the show. I remember I saw you. Um, I've been following you for a while, but I saw you at um, Sales Confidence, and you were talking about your um, career break. And what are the changes that you have experienced in the process of finding the next right position? So perhaps let's start off by you talking us through that, what you had experienced. Yeah, um, obviously, as I mentioned there um, on stage, was that I um, I had recently left Clio, my previous employer, and a, a company that I have loved be working for for the last four years. Um, and Plio had gone through a really amazing journey of growing, you know, hyper growth in, in, in all its senses um, the last four years. So it, when I took this career break, it was partly because I really needed it. Um, um, it had been a very, very intense year. Um, but also it was just lining up at that sort of really great opportunity where the company was changing form and stage and, and looking for different things um, and in a line very nicely with me being ready for something else. Um, in terms of what that something else was, I wasn't super clear on. I had some ideas of where I thought my next um, path was going to be. I sort of had envisaged something like a larger company, more mature, not going through those sort of early stages of growth, but more stable. <laughs> These are the kind of things I told myself. So when I um, took this break, it was basically focusing on, on two things. One was my family, um, just, well, three things sort of some of my own energy and 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 sort of just having that um opportunity to breathe um and and you know lowering stress 
but also um, I have two daughters to really be able to focus on that and, and be a you know full-time mom, go to all the school events and, and museum trips and, and things like that that I felt like I'd missed a little bit of um, in the last couple of years. And then um, to really give myself a chance to think about what I wanted to do next. So that was my my sort of plan. And, and on the third point, I felt like the, maybe obviously this comes a little bit with seniority. Previously, when I've thought about other jobs, it's been very much about sending your CV out and, and start thinking and, like, you know, applying for jobs. I felt like that situation just seemed very different. I didn't even get a chance to start thinking about where to apply because I was getting quite a lot of requests. And and I think one thing I learned is how much the, the VCs play a part in the today's talent market on, on all levels. Um, a lot of the VCs now have talent teams. So they've almost become internal recruitment agencies where they hire for their portfolio companies. So I had a lot of conversations with the different VCs and, and introductions, both from the ones I knew, but a lot that I didn't know before. Um, that was one. And one was that because I wasn't one in a rush and two, wasn't really sure what I wanted. I felt like I was interviewing the companies that I met if not more than they were interviewing me. And and it didn't really ever feel like an interview process, to be honest. It was much more of a conversational, who are you, who are we, is there a match here between us type of um, conversations. So it was a really nice way to do that. And, and the more I spoke to companies, the more I sort of got clear on what excites me, what doesn't excite me, what really makes me, you know, um, what challenge do you want to really get involved in and which ones doesn't just feel like a fit. It must does that be, answer your question? Yeah. It, it certainly does. And and I wonder how much of that is down to your seniority. I mean, that is the way that you, uh, you uh, executives are recruited and the way that you're kind of matching your values with, with the values of the organisation you want to go to. Or I wonder if that's really the job market now, because it's very much a buyer's market, isn't it, really? Um, there is a real war on 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 getting talent and and a recognition of how in having the right people in the right position is to the company's growth. So what's your your view on that? Uh, I think more than anything, the, the first, I think the seniority is definitely a thing. I don't think we can deny that. But I do think there's a change in, in the market. And I've been on the interviewer side the last four years, hiring at, at, at scale and hiring everything from junior to senior employees and entry level to, you know, people with 15 to 20 years experience. And and I, I sense that it's the same thing there. I don't think there's this um, traditional way anymore. Of course, we interview candidates, but um, the candidates are very clear on what they're looking for what they're not looking for and and they will challenge you and question you on, on everything from values to culture to leadership and and the people behind the company and the people behind the leadership roles and really wanting to get to know you um so i think this is a, a shift um and and i do think it comes from the person feeling like you are in control of your destiny rather than just getting a job and just getting, you know, I, I think that sort of mindset has shifted a little bit. Of course, now the market is turning again with so many redundancies and things like that. I think a lot of people are getting stressed, feeling like they just need to take a job. 
but I think the ones that give themselves the space can choose a lot more, probably think. I think also with millennials um, and, you, you know, the the generation of of people that are taking roles, even senior roles, the attitude to work, as you've mentioned, has, has changed. I had a in, I've had various interns um, over the years on um, master's uh, programs. And one of my uh, interns is now living and working in Canada. And I remember sitting down uh, just after COVID chatting to her about her career. And she's she was very much, well, I'll work for a year and a half and then I'll take six months off because I've you know, accumulated enough money and I'm traveling to a different part of the world <laughs> and then I'll come back and I know just the confidence, no, I'm going to find the position that I want. I'm not in any rush, you know, I, but that's how she anticipates running her, her career and her life for the next perhaps 15 years. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's quite typical of a lot of people now looking for roles it's not a job for life and it's very much fitting into their life not not working to live but the other way around yeah and, and I like I like that um in many ways but I also see you know there's a lot of people then that, that compared to maybe our my gener and I don't know where I fall in those generational categories but I think you know I never took a break and and the first 10 years, I just ran. I felt like I was just running um, and and didn't really even think about, you know, it was basically about accumulating experience and knowledge and skill and 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 taking as much as you could. And and at those the early stages, you can, you have the energy, you have the ability, don't have other responsibilities. And I just felt like it was the golden opportunity to do that. And then while you now can maybe relax a little bit more and and now you have accumulated that wealth and that experience and it's experience that then gets you the next jobs and the the salaries and, and things like that and I think sometimes I just worry a little bit about this a little bit more relaxed approach <laughs> that you find yourself later on in a position where you maybe could have gone further or not but you probably enjoyed your life more in the process. Um, I do think there's a sweet spot where you can do both. And, and that was my goal, to work for companies where I could travel with my job and, and get opportunities and extra things. So I think maybe there's a way to combine. But but no, I'm not, I don't know which one is the right or the wrong one. <laughs> so with all of the conversations that you had, there must have been a point where, you know, you just knew this was the organization for you. Um, what was it that kind of made that that difference? Um, yeah, I think I felt um, I felt that a couple of times. There was a couple of companies I met where culturally and values and leadership really aligned well with me, but then maybe it was missing in other parts like the product or the expertise or the market or um, opportunity for growth, um, things like that. But I think Zoa, where uh, the company I've now just joined um, recently, is um, Zoa for me was it matched on a couple of aspects. Um, one was the the space it's in. Um, I was and had become increasingly more interested in the energy technology and energy space. The, we're going through such an you know incredible transformation at the moment, and and I kind of feel like 
me personally as a consumer, but also I'm noticing everyone, we just lack insights and knowledge and understanding of what's happening around us. And it's so big and we're not involved, um, not enough. Um, so I think an opportunity to get involved in that space, really exciting to me. Um, then it was the product itself. You know, what, what are you working on? This is going to be your daily life. And, and the more I learned about Zoe as a company coming from bulb, you know, and everything we had read, but I didn't really understand what, what that meant, but understanding what the technology and how important that is in this process and, you know, really digging into that and then seeing what Zoe is trying to do is pretty unique in the sense that right now, no one's really focusing on consumer experience um, of your energy uh, consumption or use. We talk about it, but what do the companies do when it comes to bringing the consumer along on that journey? Um, so that was cool. And then the pro team and the leadership in the stage. I think I'm I'm basically a builder. I love coming in early. I love being able to be part of the journey, both building a culture and in the company, but also, you know, in my role now as CRO, figuring out the go-to-market, figuring out the commercial strategy, figuring out how to um, bring this product to customers globally. Um, so I think the opportunity just seemed really, really well. And then meeting the team behind it, the leaders, and, and finding that there was very strong alignment um, you know, values, um, which is at the end of the day where you have to meet with any relationship and, and in a workplace more than more than anything. So, um, yeah, it just ticked basically all the boxes. I'm um, a bulb user, so I'm really excited <laughs> about that. And I think it's really interesting um, uh, what you say about the consumer having the power but not necessarily the knowledge and actually wanting to give them more informed information so that they can have they can better use their their, their power and i really love that and i think a lot of traditional industries where mm -hmm. the suppliers you know if you think of petrochemicals you know or you know lots of kind of manufacturing industries that that may be more um um you know, where the, ha the power is in the hands of, of a few, that actually they, to those traditional industries are moving across more where the, the buyer, the customer has more say, more power. There's a democratization through um, decentralization of kind of government policies and, and uh, legislations and so forth. So I think it's really exciting from, from that point of view. I don't know what your, your thoughts are. 100%. And I think that's the mission that Zoa's on and and that I could just really clearly align with and understand. Um, and I think, you know, as a consumer, it comes back to this, that we don't actually know. We pay our bills and, and just seeing our consumption, we think is enough. But I think the world is becoming increasingly more electrified and it has to be. We have to understand how we use these things and we need to become a lot more in control of how and then also start sourcing our own electricity and things like that will become, you know, inevitable in the next few years. I think just starting with electric cars, I think a lot of us are realizing what that means and the cost of that and how do we bring that down and how do we make this more efficient? So I think we're all on this journey. And and now it's electricity, but I think, you know, all of us pay water bills that we don't really know what's going on there. And we have all these other things in our lives that we're just taking for granted. But when we see things like what happened this winter, 
with our costs just spiking through the roof. And then we realize we don't know why. We don't actually understand it. Um, yes, there's a war, but how does that correlate to all of this? And could I have, you know, minimized my cost or understood them better? I think that's what did for me a little bit, like how far away we are from, from these things that happen to us. Yeah, and how far away we are from where we really need to be exactly. if we are going to take control of, you know, the climate change. And exactly. it is in the hands of every single in individual to play a part. But you've got to have informed information in order to do that. I exactly. love it. Exactly. Love it. All right. Let's let's talk a, um, a, a little bit about um, the, your team and the, the sales team. And I... You, why the reason why you you know you have built up your your credibility is actually very much in building the teams from from the ground up so explain more to me how you optimize salespeople. so there's the recruitment side but there's also the enablement side what mm -hmm. what is what is your real um I don't know, USP in this, that you you enjoy it so much and it's worked so well for you. Yeah, um, and I do really enjoy this part. Um, and now I'm doing it again in terms of from scratch, which I'm realizing when I'm back in it again, how it is, to be honest. Um, there's a couple of things. Sales for me, and, and this comes from Meltwater. Meltwater is a, you know, a sales-led company and, and has so much passion for sales, which I have learned um, in my foundational years. Um, sales is, you know, fundamentally, I believe it's a school for business. And if you want to be a successful anything in business or even in other parts of the uh, company, you need to understand sales. And sales fundamentally what is it it's a good conversation between a customer and a company right so in its foundation the kind of people I've hired for sales roles have not always been experienced sales leaders I actually really like hiring people that necessarily don't think they're going to come and do a career in sales but fundamentally understands you know that there's a transaction there's a conversation and there's a relationship and all of the things that comes from a business uh, conversation. So um, that is how I built up my own excitement that if you want to be a CEO, you want to be a founder, you want to be anything, a, a successful leader, um, uh, even as a product leader, you need to understand your customer. You need to be able to convey a value proposition. You need to be able to negotiate. If you want to sell your own house, you need to learn how to deal with key core skills in life. And sales gives you that. And, and I think once you start breaking that down, not to activities of pickups and calls and how what you log in admin in, in a CRM, but more on that level, then I think this excitement for sales is sort of born. And then you can sort of grow with that. You start seeing how, how you can be successful and how learning the skills and part of it is science and part of it is art and all of those things. But that's where my true excitement for this comes. And, and I think with my own excitement, I've been able to transfer that to the organizations that I've worked with, with people I've promoted into leadership roles, I've then been able to transfer that excitement. And I think when you have that mindset that this is a school of thought, a school of expertise and knowledge, and that doesn't mean you only hire entry-level graduates, but even at senior levels, I think really thinking about this as an enablement-focused function. Um, so I've always invested a lot in training um, and development because I expect people to go through these steps, even if you've done it for 10 years, 
maybe you haven't done it in a customer centric way maybe you haven't done it in the way that this company requires it to be and 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 all of that the second big thing and i've learned this in the last few years that well it's dawned on me in the last few years is that sales as a function in our world SaaS and software as a is just a very different concept compared to what we traditionally think of sales sales historically has been you know you sell a piece of hardware you sell something you leave it behind and you leave um, and you're done as a sales rep. I think when you work in a software business, um, we all work on a recurring revenue model, you know, uh, the bow tie or, or infinity loop or whatever we want to call it. But when it's a recurring revenue model, you don't make your money until the customer is renewing their contract one year from now and, and hopefully again and again and again. And that just changes your role as a sales rep. You have to put the customer first. You have to be value-based. You have to think about what happens after you've sold the deal and and so on. And for me, that just creates more excitement. I have a lot of experience from marketing and I, I like to think about sales as a full customer journey from first touch point to, to renewal. Um, and I think the teams that I'm building, I'm trying to build with this broader uh, mindset. And I think that People really respond well to that. They like to be more than a piece in the cog uh, wheel. You know, they want to be thinking more value-based. And the more access you get to that, the more rewarding it becomes, the more fun and, and value-adding becomes to your, your job. I, I mean, I, I often uh, ask my guests about customer experience and customer centricity, um, which is really important to, you know, the framework that, that I run, scale, scale yourselves. But I think you, you're on it. <laughs> Sarah, you are on it. So <laughs> I don't need to delve, delve deeper um, because I know that this is part of your kind of core values in, in what you do and, and certainly as a CRO. So as a CRO, what is, you know, what is joining an organization? What are the first things that you want to get in place? It's very foundational, um, especially in this case. So as a brand new company. Um, so right now, so it consists mainly of product and engineers. Um, and it's really exciting. Um, I've always liked in a sales leadership role to be in a product led company because I think you always want to prefer that than the other way around. Um, but um, it's, it's you know, foundationally, it's about figuring out who is your customer. That's where it starts. And then from there on, how do you reach that customer? How do you engage with this customer? How do you present your product to this customer? So this customer centricity starts, you know, day one. I'm not thinking about the methodology we need to have because that has to come as an outcome of me understanding our customers, our market, and Zoas B to B to C. So uh, that adds both um, an interest in aspect, but also complexity. You have to think about your customer's customer to even exist. Um, so that's the things I've been working on the last month is, you know, our go-to-market strategy, our um, pricing strategy, how we position ourselves as a company. And, and then from there, you work backwards and say, okay, what teams do we need? What people do we need? What expertise do we need? Do we need people from the industry or do we need people that actually don't come from the industry and think differently? Um, so that's, that's why I love doing this. Sarah, everything you say just warms my heart. <laughs> you have no idea. Um, my view of sales is that it's, you know, the sales process is so outdated. And, and in the kind of mid 2004, 5, 6, 
I work with a customer experience consultancy and I realized that, you know, all of the sales that I was doing in the, you know, 1990s going going forward, you know, that's when we could do stand up cold calls, yeah. all of that in financial services is that we've got it all wrong. You know, even the discovery we're doing, we're asking questions to, to lead people to where we wanted them to go as opposed to where customers and buyers wanted to go. So the customer experience completely turned it on, on its head. And when I realized that customers are the best creators and innovators, they know, they know we don't know as, as salespeople. So we need to, you know, listen more and and, and really understand what the outcomes of the the buyers and customers want and as you say I absolutely loved it work back from there um I often say to the leaders sales leaders and uh, executives I work with if you do not know the impact of your decision on your customer your buyers and your end users why are you making that decision and it's mm -hmm. like they have to think about it for a moment because we're not here for ourselves. We're very much here for our customers. So I absolutely love what you say. Yeah, but I think that's why we have had the success that we've had in, in some of these uh, like um, previous companies and things like that. It's not rocket science. It is about, you know, what is customer centricity? People throw that word around, but it is that you, that's your starting point. That's your, you know, everything else comes from there. And and I think if you switch that around and not have internal focus and you think, customer first then your product decisions come from there you know your roadmap is built off of that your your organization and the people you hire is based off of that and it just impacts everything yeah it certainly does all right I'm going to switch it up again oh, yes love this so much <laughs> <laughs> um so who is your hero or shero oh god I I think we you and I talked about this once before um and 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 it's the same answer now. I think um, I I love I have a little bit of a you know a crush on Angela Arendt, Um if you know her. Um, I think most people do, but she's a little bit of a you know not that huge name. That not, I don't think she's as commercial in in all settings. But obviously she was CEO of Burberry. I've never been a huge Burberry you know consumer myself. But um, it's more, you know, once you get to know her name and you start digging into what she's done and how she's transformed a business in that way. And then she came into Apple and became, you know, the second single senior person in the whole of Apple and built up the retail experience that all of us as consumers have experienced. And you're walking. I remember when after she had done all that, going into an Apple store and being like, oh, this woman like um those things but then i've always been, she's done a few ted talks and speeches that just really hit home with me and and every time i've seen her speak she's just such a humble and lovely person to listen to and she's a mom and she's managed to do you know she just seems like someone who has her priorities straight she's done all these amazing things but she's still you know focused on the right things which is her family and 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 her values and and things like that so um, I, I guess she's a, a role model and aspiration. Without knowing her personally or anything, there's probably lots more that I have no idea. But from the from what I've gathered so far, well, she very much reminds me of of you. And you know, if <laughs> I've got that, you know, that question. Um, if you had, you know, six people around a dinner table, who would they be? Well, you would be mine because I love oh. you have to say anything. <laughs> 
but also, you know, uh, definitely we've we've got another name on the on the table, and uh, and I've definitely great conversation. It would be wonderful. <laughs> oh, I agree. Thank you so much, Janice. That's very lovely to say. How can listeners get hold of you, Sarah? Um, I think LinkedIn is my is my channel, really, more than anything else. I spend more and more time there, I feel. But yes, definitely, I'm, I'm found if all searchable and everything on LinkedIn. Excellent. Oh, thank you so much for sharing your, your knowledge. I, <laughs> all right, take care. Thank you so much for being thank a guest you. on Speak Scale Yourself Podcast. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scale Your Sales Podcast. If you like this discussion, feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the caption show on YouTube and subscribe to future episodes. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on iTunes. Thank you.